What's up, witches? <laughs> I love that. I love it that your whole face contorts when you say that. <laughs> I wish people could see that. <laughs> it is inciting a brouhaha. Episode Hooray! six. We made it to six. We are now in kindergarten. We, did. we made it to six. We're in kindergarten or first grade or something. I don't think that's how that works. Oh, is it not? I don't think so. And let me just say right now, I'm sorry if there's a rumbling noise in the background. That would be my cat. Your cat, who is making very loud rumbling no- noises. What do you feed I'm your sorry. cat? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You know, it's either this or he's going to climb all over things and then I'm going to have to yell at him. And, you know, pretty soon he'll fall asleep because he does this. Well, that's okay. I'm, I'm watching my dog. She just got groomed, and there's a handkerchief around her neck. And mm-hmm. as when she first gets the handkerchief around her neck, she doesn't want me to take it off because she thinks that she's pretty because she's so much like her daddy. And um, <laughs> <laughs> so I'll try. And so she's vain, is what you're saying? A little bit. And uh, <laughs> that's the other daddy. That's not me. <laughs> oh yeah, I yeah. But the no, but she'll try. Like I'll try and take it off. She doesn't want it off. She wants it there. She doesn't want it touched. She just sort of wants to be pretty. And then after like maybe four or five days or so, she gets to the point where now it's a toy, and she's like just discovered mm-hmm. that she can chew on it. So she's just now reached that point. So I think here in just a minute, she's gonna have eaten this little handkerchief, <laughs> which is probably not good. <laughs> it's funny to watch. Um, well, it's all, audio, it's all audio here, so yes. give us commentary or let's move on. Yes. Uh, welcome, <laughs> witches, to episode six of Inciting a Brouhaha. As always, Velma and I were on the phone, and we were intending to record this episode tomorrow, but we just realized, as always, that we were having just a long enough conversation that we're like, you know, this could be a show. <laughs> Pretty much. Pretty much. And we were, again, running the risk of having already discussed one of our topics to the point of, you know, complete ad nauseum. And that doesn't work well if that's one of the topics we want to talk about. No, no. So um, just not that you care because this doesn't affect this particular episode, but we decided to table that particular aspect of the topic until later. And we'll talk about that once we get there. Um, We would like to discuss today uh, a few things that have to do with this time of year. Um, This time of year being the October season. Some people call this the season of the witch, the time of year when a lot of people get very witchy, get interested in witchcraft. Um, I I put up on the blog a while back, uh, you know, a little bit about um, I walked into Barnes & Noble and there's this whole table of horrific Halloween stuff. And it's, you know, it's stories about zombies and vampires and little, you know, maybe Frankenstein figurines or witch figurines or something like that. But in with it are also tarot cards and spell books by Judica Isles, whose name I'm mispronouncing. Um, Illish. Illish. Isles. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. Um, thanks, Corey, at New World Witchery. In Lane. Uh, um, but, you know, there's spell books, and there's, there's items on uh, being psychic, and tarot cards, and all of this stuff. And it's sort of a time of year, and it, I, I at least think maybe for about the past five to seven years, 
it's sort of gotten to the point in mainstream culture where being a witch is now being exposed as a real thing. You can really be a witch. You can really cast spells. You can really be psychic. You know, it's a real thing. It's not just something in storybooks. And it's becoming a little bit more of a mainstream thing. And uh, I know Velma really wanted to get into how, um, because of all of this, we are represented at Halloween. Well, it's one of those things that this is the time of year when, you know, sort of when being a witch is cool. Yeah. And so there's lots of stuff everywhere. You know, there's little figurines and there's decor and there's movies and there's TV shows and everything. And, you know, it's all about Halloween and there's not always, but a lot of times some kind of a witch angle. Mm-hmm. And quite frankly, this is the time except of year when people get year. the most bent out of shape. I said, what? I said, except at Target this year. No witches. Oh, we'll get there. I'm quite sure we will have a little <laughs> rant about Target this year. But, but no, and this is the time of year also when people get the most bent out of shape. Yes. About being victimized and persecuted about, you know what target salt shaker looks like <laughs> well i don't look like that and i'm a witch well get over yourself something you were talking about uh, earlier is that this is the first year that you have yet to see of course halloween hadn't quite happened yet so it might still happen but this is the first year where you have yet to see um the the blogger or the podcaster or the witch in general who's pissed off about the green face tag yes i have not uh, it may be out there I, I may just not have come across it yet. You know what? Honestly, okay, I'm, I just have to go on a little tangent here for a second. Since Witchbox put all their news on Facebook, <laughs> I am so out of the loop on Pagan. I'm not, I am not even kidding you because I used to read the Witchbox news at work, you know, in my downtime or whatever when I wasn't doing anything else. I would read the Witchbox news. No, I'm allowed to do that. Don't you put do your little shame, shame fingers at me. No, I'm saying shame, shame, because you're not following Firelight's rules for how to get news. Mm-hmm. I did not say that was my only news source. I said I did enjoy reading the Witchbox news. Right, for how to get your pagan news, though. Would you stop putting words in my mouth? It's a little difficult. Anyway. You're a ways away. Well, you seem to be able to do it from five, six hundred miles away, so just knock it off. Anyway, no, they put all of the news on Facebook, and I just don't like it. I don't like it. I can't access it at work because of filters and stuff on the computers that don't allow me to access Facebook, and it's just, it's very frustrating. Yes, it is. Anyway, sorry, that was my own little rant. So there may be some (laughs) news story out there about some... Pagan who's all bent out of shape about green-faced witches. If you are bent out of shape about green-faced witches represented in the media, please email incitingabruhaha at gmail.com so that we may publicly laugh at you. (laughs) I just, you know, this is one of those seasons where, I don't know, to me, the whole Halloween season, which starts usually beginning of October and goes through beginning of November, obviously, Mm -hmm. um... It's a time of year that for us is both incredibly serious because of this. I mean, when you think about Samhain itself, and this is a distinction that I tend to make, there's Samhain and there's Halloween. I agree. 
It's sort of and like for me, me there's there's there Yule are two and different things. Yeah. Now the sort of yeah. It, it's, sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. Okay. Well, I mean, but it's it's a little bit easier <laughs> at Yule. It's a little bit easier at Yule to sort of distinguish. Okay, well, I'm going to celebrate Yule today, and then I can go celebrate Christmas with the rest of my friends and family. You know, a, a few days later. Um, but you know, Samhain well, and Halloween see, me, are the same I mean, day. Samhain. Well, but okay, but Samhain is okay. This is the way I see it. Samhain is a religious holiday that is specifically geared towards honoring your ancestors and celebrating the lives of people who are no longer living. Mm-hmm. That's the whole purpose. Mm-hmm. And yes, there is, if you want to get into the God and goddess symbology, you know, the God has died and the goddess is in mourning and, you know, it's all about death. And let's face it, unless you're watching a B horror movie, death is not funny, but Halloween is all about tricks and pranks and candy and cheesy movies and silly costumes. To me, they're, they're two different things. And I think when people in the pagan community tend to get all up in arms about Halloween, because after all, it's this serious, somber holiday, to me, it's not. Halloween is something different. Right. Samhain is a serious, somber holiday. Halloween is is a party. Well, so let's talk about representation. How do you feel that paganism and witchcraft, because right now it's sort of the cool thing to do, how do you feel it is represented? I mean, do you feel it's it's represented? At, like, do you feel that paganism is represented at all? Or do you think that the folk tale of, you know, just to use the the sort of the umbrella term, the green-faced witch, you know, the, the spell-casting witch, you know, the charmed witch, the whatever witch... With all these supernatural powers. But that's part of the problem. Because that's what Halloween is about. Mm -hmm. Is the green-faced witch. And the charmed witch. And the Harry Potter witch. And the... That's what Halloween is about. And society as a whole, when they celebrate Halloween, that's what they're celebrating. They're not celebrating, you know, the, the... You know, death plays a part in it. But really, I mean, honestly, Halloween is about silly, happy, giddy, trickster, party kind of thing. And personally, I think that's where the distinction comes in and where the problem comes in because so many people want to look at Halloween decorations and, you know, like two years ago at Target, I got a little salt and pepper shaker that was a little green-faced witch and a little cauldron. And you know what? I think it's adorable, but I know people who would be very bent out of shape at the idea that Target was selling a little green-faced witch salt and pepper shaker set. Because, well, that's not accurate. Right. I think that... I don't know. I, I think I, the general notion here is there is a difference between Halloween and Samhain. And just yeah. like just like Valentine's Day. Valentine's Day started off as a whole different thing than what it's become today. Valentine's Day these days, I mean, you know, there, the, there's the, the funny phrase, the Hallmark holiday. Well, Valentine's Day pretty much has become a Hallmark holiday, which is to say that it's sort of become almost a superficial holiday about giving cards and chocolate and getting some in return. I mean, it's, it's sort of lost its original intent, which is fine and dandy because that and works. And diamonds. Well, Don't diamonds. forget the diamonds. Or emeralds. If you happen to currently be reading the book wicked. <laughs> it's, all, it's all about the diamonds. It's all about the diamonds. Sorry, please continue. 
But, um, you know, it's, but that's fine. It's totally fine because that works for modern day culture and that's what it is. It's not hurting anybody for it to be, you know, sort of a silly, superficial, shallow holiday. And to be perfectly honest, I, for years, we just, I mean, you know, uh, my partner and I have been together going on five years. We really don't participate too much in Valentine's Day. I mean, it's, you know... It, it doesn't make us love one another more or less. It's not about how much we love each other. It's, you know, it's nice to sort of go out of your way on occasion to, uh, you know, to express that love. But, I mean, you know, we... But why does it have to be that day? Right. But now, but just to take it back to the discussion of Halloween, you know, it's fine. Because in 2010, the holiday of Halloween... Um, you know, has sort of been separated from religious connotations and spiritual connotations and magical connotations in the sense of reality. Halloween has become the time to dress up and have chocolate and have candy and go trick-or-treating and for girls in high school to dress in lingerie with little animal ears, you know? (laughs) (laughs) I mean... Which, by the way, if I ever have a daughter, she is not leaving the house in that. That's just ridiculous. Unless she comes over to Auntie Firelight's house. Uh, no. No, no. Even so. Mm-mm. No, that would not happen. Don't you worry. But no, I think, I think there is, there's the, the dilemma is that Halloween is a cultural celebration. Now, Samhain is a religious holiday. Now, there will there are definitely people who are in the fundamentalist Christian camp who will tell you, you know, that they still call it Halloween and refer to it as all, you know, all of the anti-pagan, you know, we need to bring God back into everybody's lives and celebrating Halloween is it's the devil's night and all that stuff. But um, I remember. I think, I think from a pagan perspective, there needs to be some kind of separation of okay, Halloween is the cultural holiday that's celebrated by the masses and Samhain is a particular religious observance that is recognized by people who happen to practice religions where Samhain is a holiday. Um, going back to the, the overzealous uh, fundamentalist Christian folks that make more out of Halloween than it is. Um, I remember in high school, I was part of a uh, counseling organization and, you know, in high school, you get really creative with fundraising ideas. Uh, and one of, <laughs> one, one of ours every Halloween, for years and years and years, that particular organization had always done something we called boo insurance. And boo insurance, I'm sure most high schools out there have it. And if you don't, this is a great fundraising opportunity. Um, boo insurance was you sold insurance like $10, $15, $20 a person, I mean, you know, or whatever, and if that person got their house rolled uh, with toilet paper on Halloween or anywhere in the, t- in the month of October, uh, we would come and clean it up. And that was sort of, you know, a big fundraiser and it did very, very well for us. And when we went, but um, all fundraisers have to be approved by the principal. Mm-hmm. And when we went my first year of being in that organization, because uh, it, I mean, God, I, I, I lived in a very, 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 very small town and, uh, you know, so I remember, you know, boo insurance being a thing since I was little. I mean, you know, the high schoolers has always done it. And so, you mm-hmm. know, when it came time, I was a junior. You know, this was the thing that you could only do junior and senior year, this organization. So when I became a junior, we went to the principal, said, you know, hey, we're just coming to get this approved again this year. He said no, because it was a new principal. And he said mm-hmm. no. And he said no because of the name. 
He did not like Boo Insurance because it was about ghosts and it was about Halloween and it was a very pagan holiday and it was, you know, (laughs) evil and it was all of that. So he wouldn't let us clean toilet paper up for money because it was called Boo Insurance. Wow. (laughs) Yeah, that's pretty frightening. And I remember I had to come up with some sort of acronym because I was sort of like the de facto leader of the group for some odd reason. I don't know why. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And uh, I don't remember what it was called, but it was like the worst acronym. We made some weird word out of it. We eventually got it approved, but only because my dad also happened to be president of the school board. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Nice. That's, that's useful. Yeah. (laughs) Pulling some strings there. Yeah, that was helpful. But I mean, but that sort of goes back to the same, you know, realizing the separation between the fun and frivolity of Halloween, which has to do with running around and egging houses, you know, getting into a little bit of mischief and and putting on stupid costumes and you know bobbing for apples and divining the future, you know, from from a, a sort of a mundane joke around, you know, light a few candles with your friends, watch the craft, and you know, oh, we're gonna use the tarot cards or whatever. I mean, from a very unserious, mundane, having fun. Do it because it's the thing to do at Halloween perspective. And Samhain and pagan tradition and actual magic and real divination and all of that. The very serious spiritual nature and the very serious historical aspects of Samhain, where Halloween, yes, came from. Exactly. Sorry, I'm lighting a candle. I know. I see that. Well, I know, but they can't. And it, I mean, where where the the match is, it looks like you're trying to light my face on fire. <laughs> Please don't. I'm not going to light your face on fire. Although I don't know if I'm going to be able to get this candle lit either. Though, if you lit <laughs> Which is very my face, frustrating. What kind of a witch am I? I can't even light a stupid candle. Though, if you tried to light my face on fire, would that fire light? Oh, uh, that would be uh, great. <laughs> that would be awesome. Silly candle just will not light. Yeah, well. I need to I need to get that Sandra Bullock trick down where you blow on it and it lights. Oh, I can do that. I can do that. Okay, what you do is no, you, you hold a, you hold a lighter in one hand. <laughs> you get next to the candle. And as you blow, you light it real quick and light the wick so that people don't see. It no, works. that's not how you do it. Well, that's how magicians do it. Um, so speaking of separating sort of reality from the more superficial things of the world. Uh, There is an article buzzing around the pagan interwebs. Buzzing, flitting from place to place. Good Lord. Yes, there is. There's Um, probably quite a number of them, actually. I'm sure if you Google (laughs) this. There are probably a lot of people who are talking about this and blogging about this and bitching about this. I know of at least four or five blogs that have talked about this from various angles. Um, One being my blog, one being the wild hunt, another being death. But you haven't really, okay. You haven't really talked about it yet. No, not yet. I will be talking about it later this week, but I sort of wanted to get people, uh, the, you know, the the reaction of the rioters before I gave my opinion, Mm -hmm. because I don't want to give my opinion and then people, you know, be swayed by that. Nobody's swayed by your opinion. Um, oh, hush. 
Millions. Don't, even, don't even worry your little head about that. Nobody pays any attention to you. Millions of people around the galaxy. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. You keep telling yourself that, bud. Oh, I'm an intergalactic sensation. Oh, good lord. Next, you're going to tell us you can fly. Why, why are you telling people my secrets? <laughs> you can't fly. I showed you that in confidence. Yeah. Uh-huh. Whatever. Okay. Um, anyways. Yes, getting back to the actual story that we're talking about. There is a brewery in Southern California, I want to say, um, yes. called The Lost Abbey. And mm-hmm. The Lost Abbey is run by a Reformed Catholic. Um, you know, it's a microbrewery. Uh, so it's sort of an artisan kind of thing, um, you know, because microbreweries tend to have sort of an angle, whether it's political or spiritual or just hippie or whatever it is. You know, they sort of have an angle, a theme, a craft to it. Um, and they came out with a particular beer that's apparently part of a line of beers uh, of sort of related themes. Seasonal. Seasonal. Or seasonal beers. Yes. Yeah. Uh, this one particular beer, however, pissed one pagan blogger uh, off, and then the Wild Hunt picked the story up, and then from there it exploded across the pagan interwebs. And, uh, and more people got pissed off, and more people got pissed yes. off. And now there's just a whole bunch of real pissed off people, and then other people that were watching them be pissed off going, huh? What we're talking about yeah. is is the beer... Uh, called Witch's Wit. Uh, it is spelled W-I-T-C-H-E-S, like plural witches. Uh, wit. No, W-I-T. it's not. W-I-T-C-H-E-S. I'm looking at it. I'm looking at the picture. I'm, I'm on their website. Oh. It's well, maybe they changed it. Apostrophe S. Maybe they changed it. But the, the picture that was on there was Witch's E-S. Either way, it doesn't matter. It's called Witch's Wit. And yes. it features a painting of a woman being burned at the stake with a crucifix on top and evil-looking priests surrounding her as she screams in agony. And, oh my god. <laughs> oh, and let the uproar begin! Um, the blog Deaf Pagan Crossroads, Deaf, D-E-A-F, PaganCrossroads.com, uh, r- uh, the author of the blog wrote into the company and said as follows. As an ordained pagan minister and longtime practicing witch, I am totally disgusted in big capital blue letters with the label you are using for your witch's wit beer. Not only is it an insult to me as a witch and a painful reminder in a dark- of a dark time in our history when many innocent people, both male and female, were erroneously charged of witchcraft and killed as a result of often trumped-up charges... But it is offensive to women as well. Maybe we no longer burn women at the stake, but nevertheless, they continue to be victims of domestic violence, sexual abuse, rape, discrimination, and other wrongful acts. To use such atrocities as a marketing tool for selling your beer is beyond my understanding. I ask that you please take such concerns into serious consideration and change your label. The burning times are in the past. Let's keep them there. Okay, I'm going to go first. (laughs) Okay, please do. I have a few issues with this particular, the way that this particular response is phrased. First of all, 
um, to be insulted as a witch, supposedly as a painful reminder of a dark time in our history. And then to later on talk about, you know, the burning times are in the past, let's keep them there. So obviously, grammatically, you were talking about, you know, the dark time in our history, all of us witches, is the burning times. And the problem with that is that it's taking ownership of an entire set of mythos that is largely inaccurately portrayed in modern pagan literature and media. And it, it sort of takes away from this whole, you know, I'm a practicing witch. I have spent years, uh, uh, you know, spending time, uh, uh, you know, learning my religion and learning my craft and all of this, it sort of takes away from the legitimacy of what you're trying to say. And and, and it it's it's also sort of sad that you're trying to own something that you, you shouldn't even be owning. Um, you know, it, it has much less to do, and as many respondents said, it has much less to do with you and with the pagan community as with... Um, the Catholic church and, and the whole theme of the bottle was a Catholic theme. Yes. Um, did you want to say something about this particular email? Oh, and I also, um, real quick, I, I also found it very, very interesting that you, that the author jumped from ownership of the burning times as being upset about something that a happened hundreds of years ago and B, making it all about feminism, which is sort of an underlying current about the Burning Times. Is it was, yes, she acknowledges it's male and female, but it was almost as an aside. Because then she goes on and talks well, about how women are abused and women are all of this, that, and the other. And, you know, it's, it's still the undercurrent of the falsehood that it was sort of all about women. Well, okay, I understand <clears throat> the idea that it is offensive to show a woman being burned at the stake. Yes. I get that. Yes. Okay. Because in this day and age, if this same brewery had put up a, a, you know, historical photo of a black man being lynched, or, they would be out of business as of two days ago. Mm -hmm. or, um, or a Jewish you know, person being taken to the ovens or a Native exactly, American being exactly. shot by a white person. So I, or, I get the idea that this could be considered inflammatory or offensive to women. I get that. Mm -hmm. However, what I take issue with is the idea that this person has taken it upon themselves to speak for the pagan community. And she does say that she is disgusted and it is, she's, you know, not only is it an, an, an insult to me as a witch and a pain, painful reminder of a dark time in our history. Mm -hmm. But it is offensive to women. So essentially, she's speaking for the pagan community and for all women. She's not just leaving it as this is offensive to me because I am a woman, and I, and I find speaking, it offensive yes. because I'm a woman. But really, I think what what needs to be said about this is what their response was, um, their because response. I think their response really sort of leads into. Why I have an issue. Right. And, and well, well, why do you want we to both read it or do you want me to read it? Yeah, why we both. Well, you go ahead and read this part. Okay. 
So they got a response back from someone named Sage Osterfield, who, according to this blog, is the media liaison for Port Brewing and the Lost Abbey Company. And it says, Hello and thank you for your email. I encourage you to look at all of Lost Abbey's beers and consider them in context. Each of the Lost Abbey beers features a label which depicts a theme of Catholic excess, good and bad, on the front, and tells a moral story on the back. And then it says, our founder is a recovering Catholic. In the case of Witch's Wit, the back label is a story of the bad consequences of religious intolerance and oppression. The woman on the front is referred to as a healer on the label and accuses the church of being narrow-minded and violent, threatening the same fate to anyone who would help the woman. The label ends with a note that this beer, a light, sweet, golden ale, is brewed in honor of that woman and all those who died for their convictions. Our other beers, Devotion, Deliverance, Judgment Day, Inferno, The Angels Share, etc., all have similar messages of morality. Unfortunately, the people who started this mem either didn't bother or didn't care to actually read the label and simply chose to fan the flames of ignorance and intolerance, which, ironically, is what the beer is actually against. Best regards, Sage. Go Sage. (laughs) (laughs) I always this, knew I liked see, Sage. This is, and this is exactly my my issue with things like this. Mm-hmm. You know, situations where you see something that on the surface appears to be offensive, and so you don't take any consideration of anything else. You don't investigate it anymore. You don't, you know, look into it anymore. You automatically jump to the conclusion that the whole purpose behind having this picture on your beer is to celebrate the fact that women were burned at the stake as witches. Mm-hmm. And if whoever it was who first posted this picture had picked up the bottle and looked at it, they might have seen that, no, this is what this brewery does. Yes. They do a controversial picture with a message behind it. Mm-hmm. And and that sort of goes back to what I was trying to say about the, you know, microbreweries, um, you know, anytime, uh, it, it's a very craftsman-oriented kind of thing. Uh, you know, it is a, uh, I mean, it's it's almost like, for some people, couture clothing. I mean, it's, it's art in a manner in which some people don't necessarily, might not necessarily consider it art. Uh, art? art? <laughs> I don't know where that came from. But some people might not necessarily <laughs> consider it art. Um, but I, I, you know, I believe it is an art. It is, uh, you know, it is an artisan kind of thing. You know, the beer is an artist, uh, is an artisan, a craftsman kind of thing. They are crafting this beer as a, 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 a sort of a, 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 all a part of one individual message. Um, you know, the bottle was selected for how it looked to per- help portray that message to get the person in the mindset of what that they were uh, what they were drinking. They selected a painting. They put a story with it. You know, they gave it the Catholic border. I mean, there was a whole thing to go with it. And you know, I, I will just say, just aesthetically looking at the uh, the the painting, I would never have gotten any sort of pagan influence at all from it. I mean, there's a cross on the top of the bottle. The woman is being burned, surrounded by priests in front of a church, in front of a Catholic church with a crucifix on top of that as well. I mean, it's a, it's yes. a very, I would say it's a very anti-Catholic image, if anything. 
I mean, I would say it's a very anti-Catholic image. If if anything, I would agree with that. I mean, if it's anything, it would be a very anti-Catholic image. It's saying, look at these horrible things that the Catholic Church did. You know, look at what they did. Look at what they did, and celebrate with us. You know, take this beer and toast all. You know, that woman, that person in general, that archetypal woman who or man or whoever that was burned, that was killed for something that you know had nothing to do with them for trumped up charges as, as the original author said, you know, for trumped up charges that had nothing to do with them. Look at what the Catholic church did and maybe make a toast to them, you know, make a toast. Well, to and them. what's interesting, what's interesting is if you go to their website, if, which is lostabbey.com, mm-hmm. if you go to their website and look it at the very beginning, it says, welcome to the lost Abbey. In the beginning, there was Adam, Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. They were told not to eat fruit from the apple tree. They were tempted by the serpent and made a choice to eat from the tree. Their actions were not preordained, but rather the actions of beings with free will. At every fork in the road, there are signs marking the struggle of good versus evil. The lost Abbey was imagined as part of a crusade in this ongoing story of good versus evil beer. Everywhere we turn there's, these days, there is a battle being waged between those who make good beer and those who make evil beer. I mean, it's all very sort of tongue in cheek, mm-hmm. but at the same time, it's obvious just from their, you know, their statement that there's a point to it. And it's not just, Hey, we make good beer. It's there. There's definite thought put into the name and the artwork. And like you said, it's, it's a form of art. Right. And typically with art, there is an underlying message that somebody's trying to get across. Now you may not like how they're trying to get it across. Mm-hmm. But if all you do is see the picture and don't take into consideration what they're trying to say, that's when it becomes a problem. And what's interesting to me is on the blog, you're absolutely right. The blog that you're quoting, it says W I T C H E S. And I cannot find a single picture on the internet that has it spelled that way, except on this blog, which right. makes me wonder where they got the picture, but that's totally beside the point. Right. Um, at- I will say, also, have you taken a look at the cross that's on the Lost Abbey, like the top of the Lost Abbey label? Look at their cross. It's really very pretty, actually. Well, it's really very pretty, but have you noticed what's in each side of the crucifix? I mean, it's four different images. I mean, it's almost an elemental cross. I mean, it's... You know, there's water. It is a, it is a fairly elemental cross. It, it looks like it is what, a fairly elemental cross. And... There's water in there, and there's sort of an element of is that air on top, or there's something else on top, maybe spirit. But I mean, it's sort I'm of a. You know, it is an, a very, that might be barley. Well, possibly that might be barley. There are four I think distinct, it's I think it's beer ingredients. There, I mean, but there are four distinct images. But I mean, really, it, it, I think the point here is. Before we overreact to something, before we, you know, start this whole inflamed, because it wasn't a, you know, she didn't just put up a label and say, okay, well, um, give me your responses before I share my thoughts, you know, why don't you comment? Because before she did that, because she did say, well, you know, I've got my own thoughts, um, but I'm not going to put them up yet before, you know, I give you all a chance to, to say something. Mm-hmm. Um, before she did any of that, she, she had a very long, uh, pissed off <laughs> article, <laughs> um, you know, trying to say that they perhaps condoned such heinous acts and, um, you know, uh, 
that that uh, this was even worse than the green-skinned, ugly old hag, uh, or you know that she could she could accept a picture of the stereotypical wart-nosed, green-skinned, ugly old hag over this, and you know all all of this stuff. So I mean, it it sounds like, and there was an interesting uh, response that I got um, in my email inbox, and that was also posted as a response to this from a. Um, a writer that said something about the one second rule in advertising that, uh, you know, mm-hmm. ad- that marketers, that advertisers have one second to grab somebody's attention. And first of all, that's factually incorrect. <laughs> Just, but I won't get into that because that makes me sound like a jerk. But um, first of all, that's factually incorrect. You don't have just one second. You have you have several seconds to give a first impression, but then most people do stick around to at least have some sort of contextual idea of what you're talking about um, or about your product or, or something. Uh, but you do have more than one second. Um, but that sort of goes to, to the idea of overreaction, of being given a topic, being given a picture, being given an item, and instantly forming an opinion about it and not changing it and just deciding, well, that's how it is. Well, and in this case, and quite frankly, in most cases, I'm not going to say in all because there are definitely cases of people doing things that are intentionally designed to piss off the pagans, especially this time of year. Let's be honest. It happens. But I think... I think it's important to give yourself breathing time. You know, if you see something that initially you are offended by, don't immediately react to it. Give yourself some time, you know, vent to your friends, call everybody you know, go, am I being crazy about this? What's going on? But give yourself some time before you react to it. Because you know what? Upon further reflection, you might feel differently about it. That's very true. Speaking of it might which. really not be all about pissing off the pagans. Sometimes it is. I'm not going to lie, but it, it's not always about that. And if this person, I mean, I get the distinct impression that somebody saw the picture of the label online somewhere and decided to raise a stink about it. Because, I mean, come on, let's be honest. Who would see this in a store and not pick it up and look at it? Yeah, and turn it over. <laughs> and turn it around. Because, I mean, you you would have to turn it around to see, at least I think you would. Let me look at the label again. You'd probably have to turn it around to see what the brewing company is. No, it says the Lost Abbey on top of the label. Oh, no, it does say it on the front. You're right. Um, but still, I mean, if you sell this in a store, wouldn't you pick it up and look at it? And go, are you kidding me with this? And I mean, then turn around and actually look at it? But especially if you're offended by it. Especially if you're offended by it. If you're offended by it, wouldn't you want to know why you're offended? I mean... You know, in all okay, in all honesty, I don't remember exactly what it says verbatim, and I'm not going to go get it. But I have a bottle of Monty Python's Holy Ale. <laughs> and it says, right on the bottle, tempered over burning witches. Lovely. I'm not going to get all offended by that. Quite frankly, I think it's hilarious. Well, because you, you, know, underst- you understand but- the context in which that that statement is made. Yes. <laughs> which yes. I think we actually discussed on the last episode of this show. <laughs> or What, the holy ale? Yeah, no, well, the, the uh, you know, I was cursed by a witch. Well, it got better. Yes. <laughs> we discussed exactly. that on the show. Um, but, you know, I think that that's just sort of a, a generic warning from the Velma Nightshade and the Fire Light. 
is to understand, to attempt to gain some sort of perspective about the context in which you 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 are subjectively uh, reviewing a piece of art, you're reviewing a piece of literature, you're reviewing something that's on TV. Think about the context in which it's in. I mean, and this sort of goes back to you and I discussed one time about. Um, the TV show Supernatural and how all these online pagans were getting so up in arms about, uh, you know, depictions of various deities and how Supernatural was just being so offensive toward pagan culture and all of this stuff. And it's like, well, let's think about the context. It's a show on the CW. It (laughs) has, it's not on the discovery channel. It's not on the history channel. It's a show for teenagers on the CW. It, it's, it's not trying to present things accurately. It's just trying to tell a, a halfway interesting story and, and tell it in such a way that it lets guys and girls get half naked every five minutes. I mean, it, it really has very little to do with historical or theological accuracy. So, you know, right. learn, learn the context in which you are getting pissed off before you decide whether or not you're pissed off about it. Speaking of Velma, do you have a story about getting pissed off at something? <laughs> nice segue there. Yeah, nice, nice. Um, I, I do. I'm not sure how, I'm not really sure how to broach it because I haven't talked about it yet. I haven't talked about the, the circumstance surrounding that particular situation. Okay. The events leading up to that situation and, and such like. And perhaps we should enlighten the group. <laughs> That's a long story. I don't I don't know if we want to get into that right now. Do you really want to get into this? Well, you're so you were going to a family reunion because it was you're a descendant of a Salem witch. Yes. And you saw Alright, okay, 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 okay. So in November, the reason that I'm going to Salem, as a lot of people know, you know, if you listen to my show, you know, I'm, I'm planning a trip to Salem. And the reason that I'm going is because there is somebody, an, an author who wrote a book about the specific person that I am descended from. And it's historical fiction about the witch trials and all this stuff. And she has organized a reunion for people who are descended from this specific person. So I'm going to be going to Salem for this event, and somebody mentioned to me that there was a, um, like a, not really a forum, it's like a Facebook page for the group, and, you know, that there were some things on it that were, you know, talking about, well, I hope, hope there aren't any Wiccans there and blah, blah, blah. And that got me kind of steamed because I can understand, I mean, any, you have to kind of consider it in context because anytime you plan an event in Salem, it's, it would be very easy to have it sort of turn into a circus. Mm-hmm. But the idea of this particular event has always been that it is about descendants. It's about people who can honestly say, I am part of this person's family. And so I checked it out. I went to the Facebook page and I looked at the comments and things that were put there. And there was a comment there by somebody 
that had said, I'm trying to pull it up right now. They, well, they said from what the from what you told me, basically, gosh, I hope there aren't any of those Wiccans there. It said, it said, I hope no one is planning on inviting any of those Wiccan people to this event. I think it would be very disrespectful to the member the memory of our ancestors. There are a couple of shops in town that anyone can satisfy their curiosity of this silly hobby. This weekend should be about our genealogy and family history. And then the author of the book had made a comment back that basically said, I know what you mean. You're right. This reunion should be about our common connections through these colonists. Okay. So I'm not going to lie. It really, really pissed me off because. And and just a quick note, if I had read that, it would initially piss me off as well. I mean, I would think. Oh well, this is very. This is a very odd thing. I mean, this this ticks me off. I mean, you know, well, I, I'm just saying. I think any reasonable person would initially be a little upset by those kind of remarks. But see, what what really irritated me was the attitude of, well, there wouldn't be any of those Wiccan people in our family, so obviously they don't belong at our event. And and you call I, me. I, I called you. Yes, I called you. You were the first person I called. And I could only talk to you for like five minutes because I was on my lunch break. But basically, the impression that I got was, even though this is technically my family, uh-huh. I am not welcome because of my silly hobby. Uh-huh. And I ranted at not just you. I ranted at a lot of people. I called the girls in my coven. I called my parents. I called my sister. I called my friends from college. I called everybody I could think of to go, what's up with this? What should I do? Because it was one of those situations where I honestly felt like something needed to be said. But in in that particular context... I had to recognize that if I were to make any kind of public statement, if I were to post on the Facebook page, if I were to, you know, do anything that's going to become public, I need to make sure that I am representing not only myself, but Wicca and neo-paganism in a good light. Because the problem with being put in this situation where you are reactionary and you're on the defensive is that it's very easy to get wrapped up in the moment and to be really pissed off and to say really nasty things and be really vengeful and hateful. And you know what? In the minds of the people who are saying we don't want any of those people around, you are proving them right. But they're going to look at that. They're going to look at that and go, that's exactly why we don't want any of those people at our little party, because you are just horrible people and you scream and you yell and blah, blah, blah. So I talked to everybody I could think of who Mm -hmm. would be even remotely understanding and give me advice. And I wrote a letter to the author of this book, who is coordinating this event. I mean, she's the one in charge. Mm -hmm. And I figured, okay, I should take this to her because I am offended by this. So I wrote her an email, which personally I think was to the point, but I also think that it was respectful. It, It got across the fact that I was upset, 
but it, I didn't come off like a raving lunatic, or at least I don't think I came off like a raving lunatic. You've read the email, so you can you can tell me whether you think I came off crazy. No, I I don't think you came off crazy at all. Um, you you talked to me about this, and I said, yes, I understand you're angry, but. I don't think that it would be reasonable for an author like that to write a book like that and do the research that she did and invite the descendants of a supposed Salem witch to Salem around the time of Halloween and then expect there to be no aspect of the witchy going on. So let's have well, a but, a, okay, let's but have see, a this, level and this but see, this is another issue that I have with that. Because, yes, you're going to Salem, which, you know, bills itself as the witch city. And, you know, there's pentacles on everything. And the police department patches have witches on brooms on them. And, you know, it's all very into being witchy. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it wasn't just the idea that, you know, they didn't want any Wiccan people at this event. It was the idea that... Hello, I'm part of this family, and I happen to be Wiccan. Right. So am I invited, or am I not supposed to come because some people don't want any of those Wiccan people at this event? And I was, I, I tried not to be super blunt, but I tried to get my point across. And I did say, I am a descendant of this line. I am also a Wiccan. It's not a hobby. It is my religion. They are my ancestors, too. And I went on to explain that, you know, I fully recognize that Wicca and the neo-pagan movement has absolutely nothing to do with what happened in Salem. Because what happened in Salem had nothing to do with witchcraft of any kind, no matter how deluded you want to make yourself. It didn't. Um, But basically, I just expressed that To me, what can be learned from the Salem Witch Trials and from this woman's book, which I enjoyed, I mean, I like it, it's a good book, is that we need to be more tolerant of people that are different, that we don't agree with, and a lot of times people we don't like. That's what tolerance is, is not just I tolerate the things that I like, but it's the, the I tolerate things that I don't like and I get over myself. And basically, I asked her, you know, I am going to be there. I am looking forward to meeting everybody and, you know, being involved in this. But let me know if I should be planning my time there differently. Because, you know, if I'm not welcome, I'm not going to impose my presence on anybody who doesn't want me there. But I belong there. I'm part of the family, too. And I'm not going to read her response because it's really, really long. Um, But I did get a very good response, a very nice response from her that was very understanding and very, um, I I personally, I was satisfied by it. Now, do I, and it, and it turns out that this comment goes back to, you know, the, the comment about, we don't want any of those Wiccan people to be here goes back to before I even knew about this event. They were trying to plan an event in Salem, and a lot of the people in Salem that they were talking to were trying to turn it into some big New Age circle dance party where they, you know, had all these pagan people there celebrating the witches of Salem. 
And that's not what it's about. And there were no witches in Salem. There are now, but it's not the same thing. And it's, you know, if you're looking at it from a historical point of view, they're not coming to learn about Wicca. And part of the reason that I am very glad that I took a moment, took a breath, vented to anybody who would listen to me, and then really got my head together before I said anything was because I... My initial gut reaction was very visceral, very obscene, and quite frankly, would have fanned the flames into a bonfire. And by being able to be calm and rational and present myself in a professional, mature way when expressing my displeasure at what I had seen, I was able to get my point across get a response that basically says, you know, this is this is what the comment was referring to and you are absolutely welcome and I understand where you're coming from and you know, I part of the reason, you know, the, the response that I got was part of the reason why I wrote this book was because of you know, all of these um you know, the the oppression of women and the the horrible things that people do to each other and you know, basically, yes, you're more than welcome. I can't wait to meet you. Please come. And that's not to say I don't think there will be any issues while I'm there because there will be people there who will not agree with my choice of religion. But my biggest but, concern but is that the organizer of this event seemed to be coming across as being really bigoted when, in fact, that's not what it meant. Well, but I highly doubt you're also going to go up to say, hi, I'm Velma and I'm a Wiccan. What do you think about that? I mean. Uh, no, I won't. And I'm not, I, I mean, I don't wear a pentacle, you know. I mean, I wear, I wear things that if you are at all involved in the neo-pagan Wiccan witchy community, you might pick up on. But you're not going to notice if you're not. And, you know, I, and quite frankly, I don't really care if I the, – the biggest problem – and yes, I'm still irritated with the guy who said this initially, the initial comment. But my biggest concern was that what I thought was happening was the organizer of the event was agreeing with the, oh, yeah, we don't want any of those people here and it's ridiculous and, you know, they're all crazy and they're all flaky. And I was concerned about how – comfortable I would be, regardless of whether or not anybody knew of my choices at that event, if that was the mindset of the people putting together the event. And but it's not. But here's the thing, though, is that you allowed, once you took a moment to breathe, took a moment to realize that there might be a much larger context to <laughs> Two consider. Two and a half days to breathe. Well, but, yes. <laughs> but once you realized, you know, you need to be understanding that there is a larger context Probably, or at least allow for the possibility that there was. Now, she could have easily emailed you back and said, no, you know, we don't want Wiccan, you know, we, we, we don't want Wiccans associated with us. We don't want to say, well, just because we came from this lineage that now we're all Wiccan and crazy and freaky. She could have given you that response, but you did at she least, could have. Right, you at least breathed. You said, let me see if there's a bigger picture that I don't understand yet. Let me see if this is really what they intended. Let me see. And you allowed, which is what we're talking about, um, about overreaction, about that label that, you know, all the interwebs is all upset about, about, you know, all sorts of things. 
you know, the whole, oh God, the, the green warty witch. Oh, you know, I see uh, incorrect depictions of, of various uh, cultures, deities on, on teenage television. You know, I see this, that, and the other. Let me get immediate, immediately offended and not consider anything else other than the fact that it has offended me in this one second. Right. And instead of taking a moment, breathing, realizing there's probably a larger context... And to evaluate it in a larger context, but just realize exactly how much do I, you know, life is short. (laughs) I'm okay. You're okay. We're all okay. Okay. And exactly, you know, how much time do I want to spend being pissed about this? Well, and I'm not going to lie. I'm still irritated at the initial comment. But I think the problem is, had I taken one second to react and reacted, this would be a much bigger deal than it actually is. Because let's face it, I could have turned this into a huge, big, fat fucking stink, and I could have made everybody pissed off at me, and I could have been pissed off at everybody, and I could have ruined everything for everybody and just made it a generally unpleasant experience when really that's not necessary. Or at the very least... I had a grievance. I aired my grievance in a respectful way that got my point across, and I got a response that was different than what I had expected. Because, honestly, I was prepared for the email that says, I would really prefer it if you were not at this event or if you didn't look like, you know, you were a witchy person at this event. You know, please don't wear a pentacle. Please don't wear black nail polish. You know, I mean, I I didn't expect it, but I was prepared for it. And that would have made it a much bigger deal to me. But really, if you just see something and react without giving it thought without giving it time, without understanding the circumstances, you can create a problem that really was not there. And especially when it comes to things like beer labels and salt shakers and, you know, posters in a window or scenes in a movie, we really need to get a grip, calm down and we all do it. I mean, I was, you can attest to the fact that I was, I was livid. Livid. <laughs> I was livid. scary. I was a, a little And I just frightened. kept going, Velma, breathe. <laughs> are you sure that, I mean, are you sure that we're looking at the whole picture? Is there nothing else? But again, again, if I had experienced that, if I had gone through the same exact series of events and I had been, uh, you know, presented with, or, okay, we're having a family reunion. And I mm-hmm. come from a very conservative Southern family. If we are having a family reunion, God, I hope none of the gay folks show up. Right. They better not bring those gay folks around. I don't want to have to deal with that with my good Christian conservative family. If that's what I had seen. Because my religion, I don't know. I think I'm... I think in my mindset, just the way, you know, I sort of divorced myself from getting upset about people not understanding my beliefs because hardly anybody understands what it means to be pagan, you know, in the grand scheme, the majority of folks. But as far, you know, but there are very hot button issues for me. And I would have been the one calling you going, (laughs) (laughs) I'm pissed. (laughs) And I would have turned. 
turned into which the, is pretty much what I did. I that's, would have turned that's, into that was the pretty much. I would have turned into the deep fried rainbow monster, and <laughs> it would have spun into this whole thing, and I would have been the one that needed to sit and breathe and take a moment and gather context, and you know. It, it, it could have been, you're right, it could have, you could have turned it into a huge thing, or it could have been as little as you might have just, you know, on a whim, after that one stupid second, um, decided, well, I'm just not going to uh, Salem. And then you could yeah. have missed out no, on the whole not... opportunity to go with, go to Salem. <laughs> no, no, that's not an option. But, I mean, I did seriously consider, you know, I mean, I'm I'm going to Salem. The hotel is booked, the flights are booked, and it, pretty much I would have to be dead to have a trip to Salem planned and then not go on it because I love Salem. I love it. It's one of my very favorite places in the whole world. But I was seriously considering the possibility of going to Salem and not doing any of the stuff that they're doing as a group. And quite frankly, I was okay with that because I can kill two days in Salem without seeing anybody (laughs) or talking to anybody. But at the same time, that's not why I was going on this occasion. You know, this was specifically to meet people who I have a common connection with through a very difficult period of American history. And that was the whole idea. That was the whole point. So I, I am definitely glad that I calmed down. Although I had been to my local metaphysical store the day before, and I knew that they had just made a batch of something that they call fuck off and die oil. And I was really Seriously thinking to myself, hmm, if I need to, I know where I can get some of that. So anyway. <laughs> you know, another group of people that uh, are sort of judged by the greater pagan community flippantly and quickly mm-hmm. and derisively mm-hmm. are the bunnies of the fluff. Yes. The little fluffy bunnies, which fluffy bunny means nothing. Because everybody uses it to describe pretty much anything that they don't like within the pagan community. Right. Have you noticed that? Pretty much anybody can be referred to as a fluffy bunny, just depending on what personal characteristic of theirs you don't like. It's like it's like the the covers everything insult. Yes. Yeah. Yes, it is. Yes. So, what do you want to talk about with the bunnies of the fluff? Well, we uh, we were going to make fluffy bunnies an episode in the future, and then we got a fabulous email. Yes. That I am trying to pull. Ah, here it is. Yay! Um, no, that's not it. <laughs> here it is. Yay! Um, you sure? Yes. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, she said, "You briefly." Uh, let's see. The email is from Julia. Hi, Julia. Hi, Julia. How are you? Hope everything's well. How are the kids? Good to talk to you. Okay. Okay, let's move on. Kisses. Um, no, Kika, those kisses are not for you. <laughs> <laughs> but I will give you kisses. Come here, give me. Okay. Um, in episode four, you talked it, about. In episode four. <laughs> you talked about pagan gonna... stereotypes. You briefly mentioned fluffy bunnies with the thought that fluffy bunnies deserve their own show. I would like to share my thoughts on the bunnies. The bunnies of the fluff. Um, Before we get into the email, uh, you and I discussed this email, and we decided while it is still fresh and while we still sort of have our thoughts collected about this before we forget them Mm -hmm. all, let's include them. And it's sort of convenient that we're talking about 
Halloween traditions, Halloween representations, and all of that. Because fluffy bunnies, um, you know, a lot of people get introduced to paganism, the craft with air quotes, um, Wicca witchcraft, all of that kind of thing around this time because it's sort of cool mm-hmm. that it's it's very easy to access information about it. It's sort of everywhere and it piques a lot of people's interest at this time. And yes. a lot of people, um, uh, a lot of people sort of use the term plagan nowadays for those people that sort of play at being pagan. Um, you know, sort of look a little pagan, or at least the stereotype of what a modern pagan looks like, maybe a little gothy, maybe a little, you know, trying to be the charmed witch or whatever. Um, you know, a lot of people sort of put on the moniker of, well, let me try out paganism for a little while. And that can lead to a bit of the fluff, if not put in check. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but, uh... She goes on to say that the main reason they annoy me is not because I think they are misguided, which I do, but because I'm jealous. Uh, oh, well, wait, 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 wait. You got it. You got to Give her definition. I'm sorry. She says, First, I my definition ahead. of a fluff bunny. Go ahead. A fluff bunny is one who embraces the idea that paganism is all about love and light, that the god and goddess are love incarnate, and worshiping them will bring you nothing but love into your life. That with enough love, the world would be perfect. The positive energy will cure all ills, that the world is really full of love, but people don't realize it. And all you have to do is awaken them to this fact, that this frame of mind will keep all bad things from you, like the secret. And if something bad happened to you, then you drew it to yourself by not embracing the all-powerful love and light philosophy. And then she says, these people annoy the piss out of me, which I love. Right. And, And to be perfectly honest, I had never... These are sort of ideas that I had had in my head. Julia, you have put the whole idea of Fluffy Bunny, or at least my idea of a Fluffy Bunny, perfectly. That's exactly how I think of them. That's exactly how I... As these love and light, everything is beautiful, all things are love, kind... Yeah. You know, I I try and always use phrases like, you know, perhaps a bit naive... A bit purposefully ignorant, perhaps, you know, a little bit of, but this is, this is pretty much to the point. And I think purpose, purposefully ignorant fits into that though. Right. This one's like, I mean, this, this is very, you're very focused on one thing. This is the best encompassing definition of her, or at least of how I have viewed fluffy bunnies and my experience in the pagan community. That is, that is a great definition that this whole, well, you know, curses should never be done we should all be always doing positive magic and there's a lot of very harm new, none right there's without a, any thought to what that means there's a lot of that new agey you know there's a lot of yeah. that new agey integration of of the laws of attraction and you know mm-hmm. the very superficial new age definition of karma and not the actual uh, Eastern philosophy of karma. So, you know, mm-hmm. there's this whole sort of mindset that goes with the fluffy bunny. And I yes. think you said it very, very well. I, I love it. Perfect. That is now the definition of fluff bunny. We have decided. <laughs> Julia, you're Works going in the dictionary. Um, we need to create our own dictionary. We should. We should. We but, should just define all these words that don't mean anything anymore. But she goes on. And Mm -hmm. I like that she goes on because, 
and this is something that I sort of talk about. This is something that when I take on various topics on my show, I sort of try and take them on from a this is all what we're thinking but nobody wants to say it kind of thing. And she goes on to say, the main reason they annoy me is not because I think they are misguided, which I do, but because I'm jealous. And I believe that many people dislike the bunnies because they are also jealous. Yes, I'm envious of the bunnies. Wouldn't it be nice to go through life with that worldview, that everything will work out for the best, that if something goes wrong, it is because you weren't showing enough love, that there isn't any evil that can't be be overcome with love, that living in love and light will protect you, even though I know they are wrong and sometimes delusional. What a happy delusion. These people go through their days with an innocence and lightness that keeps them happy. Unfortunately, I live in the real world. And in this world, there is misfortune. Some people are assholes, and some are evil. I have seen and lived through both, even had to clean up the messes left behind. I don't want to get specific, but ask anyone who has been the caretaker of a person with a terminal disease or had a family member been preyed upon by those truly evil among us, and they will tell you the same. And yes, I get annoyed by all the other things people will mention, that the fluffies don't do their research, that they make us all look foolish by running around in fairy wings, that they are setting themselves up for a fall and taking others with them, that they will argue to the death that they are right because it is the way things are supposed to be. Or, and she doesn't say this, but I I always add, or the way that, you know, I read in my book. Mm-hmm. That they jump on every new thing that comes along. So I try to be patient with the bunnies and simply not and not simply dismiss them. Because I try not to dismiss anyone just because I disagree with them. There is dark and light, and I embrace both. I have no problem in petitioning the dark goddesses to protect my children. And I'm still surprised by how many people are assholes. But I'm just in a pissy mood today because it's Saturday and my dogs woke me at 4 a.m. <laughs> Julia, that's okay. Oh, And, they, and got- they chased a skunk out of the backyard and both got sprayed. Yes. That would make my that would make me pissy too. That would make me pissy too. But but I totally agree with what she's saying. I mean, and and to a certain extent, when it comes to being jealous of people that we proclaim to hate, to a certain degree, this is also why I'm sort of jealous of Christians. Mm-hmm. Because it would be nice to be able to just be spoon fed information, accept it at face value, never question it, and just think, if I believe this, then everything will be fine in my life. I personally, I cannot operate that way. But there is a certain amount of jealousy that goes with thinking, wouldn't it be nice if I could just be stupid? Well, okay. Now, I, I understand where you're going with that. I would say. Wouldn't it be nice to just be stupid is going a bit far? Well, okay, but I, I don't mean stupid as in completely unintelligent. But I mean stupid in the, in the sense that you just don't question anything. Any Everything is just taken on completely that, blind that, faith. That you're you not, never examine anything. That you're not continuing to seek further. That you're accepting what you're taught or accepting what you're told right. at face value. Right. Right. And that's, right. that's sort of where I get into. But I don't do it with just Christianity. I think... Um, especially just being a pagan, I think, you know, I wish that I could just be Wiccan. I I wish that I could just be Wiccan. I wish that I could just sort of ascribe to the basic tenets of Wicca. You know, I wish that I could just, you know, just sort of go along with that and read the books and know the history of Wicca and not want to know more, not want to seek beyond, not want to look at a broader scale or look at a broader thing. Go ahead. But see that that that's very interesting to me because from what I know of well okay from what you've told me and and what I have observed of your spiritual practice you're more wiccan than I am. 
Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, I I totally think that. And I just I think it's interesting that you don't consider yourself Wiccan because by a lot of standards you you are. Well, there's a lot of Wiccan tenants that I for I don't I don't get behind. And there there's... Okay, but there's a lot of traditions of Wicca that don't have all of the tenants of traditional Wicca too. Well, but and and not to make this a whole show about my particular spiritual <laughs> practice and faith. This is an interesting tangent we've just gotten on. <laughs> Yay! Let's make it all about me. <laughs> oh, wait, I think I might like this show. All right. Yeah. I'm well, sure rioters. <laughs> um, now, well, uh, there are parts of my practice that I do, and I, I realize that this sounds a little bit hypocritical and a little bit dumb blonde. Um, I sort of do them just because everybody else sort of does them and it's fun to just sort of do certain things sort of like everybody else, like the eight Sabbaths, you know, it's sort of nice to, you know, have something to celebrate every six weeks. It's sort of nice to, to, you know, be part of that community. That's just part of me. That's like, no, you know, sure. I might think that this, this particular Sabbath's a little silly and this particular Sabbath has no basis in history. And this particular Sabbath is this out of the other. And my academic side of my brain says, well, this might be baseless, but let's go have some fun. To me, it's sort of the difference between Halloween and Samhain all, all over again. Um, and many of those practice practices are simply because it's just, that's how most everybody does it. And it's, it's, part of me being in the fellowship of a greater community. Um, not because I'm like, you know what? I believe this fully. I totally think that this is true and correct and accurate. And I am totally getting behind that. <laughs> but wouldn't it be nice if you could be that way? Yes, that's exactly okay, what I'm saying. Get down. That's exactly what get I'm down. saying. Wouldn't it be nice if... I was told Mabin is this and that's what it was. And I didn't want to know any more or, or I did look up more on Mabin and decided, well, that's nice. My faith and I believe and you know, all of these things and it's still this to me and it's still this and that's what it is. And I could divorce the, you know, the academic from the spiritual, but that mm -hmm. just doesn't work for me. That doesn't work. And it's, yeah. and it's okay if it works for you. It's totally fine. Not downgrading Wicca, but I'm talking about religion in general. I'm much more of a spiritual person than I am religious. Because anytime I start researching a set of dogma, I say, oh, well, this actually came from over here. And, you know, this group of people, when they were forming this particular aspect of Hinduism or Buddhism or Taoism or whatever-ism or entity, <laughs> you know, <laughs> this came from... You know, that, well, you know, it's when these cultures converged and this is what this culture took away from it. And this is what this culture took away from it. And it's just, that's a seeker perspective. That's a seeker perspective of never being satisfied with what you're told and continuing to move on. But the problem, the problem that I have is that I tend not to be able to divorce the academic from the spiritual in some aspects. Right. Well, and for me, it's a lot more... There is some of that, but it also, it, it has to make sense to me because I don't act like it, but I actually do think very logically um, about a lot of things. And that was one of the main problems that I had with Christianity. What? What's that face? Logic. I do think, I do think logically. Thank you very much. You and logic. I pride myself on my ability to be logical. Yeah. I just 
also tend to be irrational and emotional. But that's beside the point. Um, but no, that was one of my main problems with Christianity was I I could not logically put together that the world was created by a single masculine deity. Because everything that I observe has both masculine and feminine. Mm-hmm. So I just, I couldn't get, I couldn't wrap my head around the idea that it was created by somebody who is masculine. Well, and and my- you could say, well, God is not masculine or feminine. God is just everything. Well, you know what? Then why is it always he? Well, and well, my whole thing about liturgical material in general, and this goes with any faith out there, including Wicca, including Hinduism, including Christianity, including Judaism, including all of them, is that much of the liturgical material that is out there and that is used is allegorical. It's it's stories and ideas that are there to sort of make these larger concepts edible. I mean, they're there to to tell a story of the divine in such a way that our teeny tiny human brains can comprehend what it actually is. You know, it's, it's, it's stories of creation told in such a way, you know, if you believe that the entire universe was created in seven days or seven actual physical calendar days, Mm -hmm. that's a little silly. That's an allegory. It's a story meant to tell you know, a, a particular, uh, creation mythos. If you believe that some great turtle pooped out a woman who then pooped out an egg that then cracked open and formed the world. And I'm sure I'm bastardizing about 12 different native American <laughs> traditions trying to <laughs> think up that one real quick. Somehow you know? I doubt they ever use the word pooped out in their material, but continue. Oh, you, you don't know about the, the great Native American shaman Oh, would term? you just stop? Make your point, would you? Poopid? <laughs> Poopid? <laughs> oh, stop it. No, but I mean, you know, Make just, well, my quick tangent there was, you know, I think that my biggest problem is that many people don't understand the difference between allegory and gospel. <laughs> and, and, well, that's, and, and that's to a large degree because people are told that, no, it's not a story. This is what happened. Right. Period. And they believe it. But, you know, I, I just, I, I agree with what Julia said. I, you know, there is a part of me that's just like, you know, I'm sort of jealous. I, I long for those days when, you know, like when you were a teenager and you really knew everything. You knew everything. You had a grasp on what everything meant, the meaning of life. You knew why you were there. You were... You know, you were at the top of your game. Then you grew about two or three years older and realized that you knew nothing <laughs> about yeah. life in general. It's it's that naive, innocent, wide-eyed, just belief of belief in whatever you're told. Right. It's, and it's you are it's, you are 16. You have a driver's license, and whether or not you know you are fully comprehending what. I've only been driving a week means you firmly believe that you are the best driver on the road and that you totally know how to drive and you're a pro at it and all of that. When somebody that's been driving for 20 years looks at you and is like, I don't want to drive anywhere near you. You scare the shit out of me. And that's (laughs) sort of the fluff bunny. It's 
they, you know, they had this idea that everything is great and everything is wonderful and they read a few books and it's, it's, you know, everything must be true because that's what's in the books and this is what they're experiencing for the first time and it's so cool and it's cool to be a witch and oh my god, this is real and this is also cool, but you know what, I've read a few books and I'm going to be totally mature about this. And I totally know, you know, I totally get it. I'm there. I know these arcane secrets. And so I'm totally in the know. And this is how things are. And I sort of just wish for the, I mean, you know, there's a part of me that's like, yeah, sure. That would be nice. That would be really nice. I'm kind of jealous of them. I'm a little envious. There, there is a part of that derisiveness that, yeah, I'm sure is jealousy on the part of many. Yeah, I would agree with that. Sorry, the cat came back. So if there was rumbling, that's why. I don't think anybody could hear it because I talk too much. Well, I'm not going to argue with that. I just wanted to, you know, make the point. There was a cat. That's the rumbling, if you heard it. So was there more to the discussion of the bunnies of fluff? And, and, you know, I think that the reason we why could, we did You know, we could go on forever about the bunnies of fluff, but I think... Well, I think Sorry. we could, but I think Julia's email... I mean, the reason why we decided to make it a part of this show instead of its own show is because she really summed it up very, very well. Well, and I think anytime you have such a sincere, you know, just pit of your stomach loathing for something, a lot of times, not always, but a lot of times there is an element of jealousy or envy about it. And it really is difficult sometimes to admit it. Well, it's like, but, the, it's like the statistic, the more homophobic you are, the more likely it is that you're just covering up your own homosexuality. Which is why all those conservative Republican um, politicians all of a sudden have gay sex scandals. Yes. It's fun to watch yeah. on TV. But no, I mean, I think, I think there is some truth to that. That, you know, well, why are you so upset by these people? You know, regardless of what these people means to you, why do you get so incensed by yeah. them? There must be something that they're doing that you're, you want to be doing. Right. That you're not. Or, you know, and but, yes, and, and she, yes, and there are other frustrations. They're not doing proper research. Yes. Uh, but, you know, there's the flip side. Maybe they don't know what proper research in a pagan, in the pagan community and for pagan inf information actually is. You know, um, uh, they, yeah, they wear the fairy wings, but that also goes back to the whole, I get to be free and practicing my religion. Um, you know, I remember, uh, you know, there's something in the gay community called the gay whore phase. Whenever, okay. whenever a guy first comes out, he goes mm -hmm. through a gay whore phase where he finally gets to express what it's like to be gay. So he's, you know, he's going to the clubs and he's going to every gay event and he's sleeping with as many people as humanly possible because he's had to repress who and what he is for years and years and years. How, you know, and the, the longer the time of repression, the more sex he has. And, and, you know, I sort of think the fairy wings and all of the accoutrement are, are the same kind of thing. You know, they're just discovering it. It's new and fantastic. And they want to try every flavor of paganism that's out there. They want to try it all. They want to be as out there and, and witchy, witchy, fairy, witchy, elfaba as they can. Elfaba. That's not a word. It's a name from Wicked, the book I'm reading right now. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. But no, I, I like what she had to say. And I really like the fact that she says, 
She tries to be patient with the bunnies and not just dismiss them because she tries not to dismiss anyone just because she disagrees with them. I think that's a very good moral to the story, you know, that you shouldn't dismiss somebody just because you disagree with them. Hear what they have to say. You can still disagree with them, but and, just and because you disagree with them, don't, don't automatically think that they are the scum of the, of the earth just because you happen to disagree with them. Don't don't you know don't just uh, automatically uh, you know get all in a rage with the fluffy bunnies because of uh, being fluffy and you just automatically get pissed. Don't throw away an entire possibly great line of beer just because you initially think that the label is offensive. You know, yes. Don't don't jump to a conclusion. Don't cancel your plane tickets to go to Don't Salem. Don't cancel your plane tickets. The big, um, the, the big message of today's show was breathe and realize that there is possibly more to the context of a situation, of a, a piece of art, of a, uh, of a situation, of anything. Let's all look at the context of situations before we jump to conclusions about them. And quite frankly, when you fly off the handle, more than likely the people that you are so down on are just going to think that they're right if what they're doing is saying yeah, all negative you're things is, about you. All you're doing is because if some you sort of scream and yell and holler and point fingers and curse people and all the rest of it, that's that's what they expect from you. So if you can take a moment, calm down. Think rationally, even if what you do is write a letter or make a phone call and say, I am, I am unhappy about whatever the situation is, being able to do that in a calm, rational way will make not just you, but everybody in the pagan community be a little bit more respected as not the crazy fly off the handle psycho people don't be the offended pagan the offended yes. pagan is the pagan who's offended by everything that any christian says mm-hmm. <laughs> they're offended by anything remotely not accurately portraying paganism which is everything for the I most mean, part you know i mean they are offended constantly and they want you to be offended too and they don't understand why you're not offended yes don't be the offended pagan no. And speaking Please. of stereotypes about pagans. Um, oh, we have our new segment. We have a new segment because um, we are still getting emails and tweets about uh, uh, about our stereotype episode, mm-hmm. which apparently you all love, which is great. <laughs> um, and we are getting emails still about people sending in their pagan stereotypes so additional the ones that we miss yes additional pagan stereotypes there are many many more than just the ones we discussed so please 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 we are going to start um doing one stereotype per show yes uh we're going to do the stereotype of the cast as -hmm. jillian would say of the cast not of the week Mm -hmm. but of the cast and um so we're going to encourage you think of more pagan stereotypes the sillier and the more out there, the better. Love it. <laughs> yep. If you're out and you see one or if you exemplify one or, you know, I mean, we're all stereotypes. And feel Every free to send pictures. <laughs> we like pictures, possibly video. but nothing, That would be great. But nothing scratch and sniff. 
No. Unless no, it please. smells like patchouli, and then you can send it to <laughs> Belma at witchesbrewhaha.com. Would you stop? Oh, I'm real, I'm real worried about somebody sending me something that smells over my email. <laughs> hey, you don't know. They're witches. They could send you scratch and sniff emails if they wanted to. There are techno pagans out there. You know, there. I have a feeling. I have a feeling if they had figured out how to send scent through a computer, they wouldn't be bothering to sell me to you know send me patchouli. They'd be out making millions and millions of dollars selling it to advertisers. Oh, would you really want smells coming at you through your computer? Really? I wouldn't. I wouldn't. But I can guarantee you that like McDonald's would want you to smell their French fries every time you see a McDonald's ad. Uh, and yeah. yeah, yep. And Glade would want you to smell their carpet oh, deodorizer. God. Oh yeah, you could make a bundle if you could figure out how to do that. See, in this world, I guarantee we, it. This would be a way too smelly world. Way too <laughs> smelly. Okay, at least so, everything wouldn't smell like patchouli. Cat. Anyway, about. Cat sent in two different stereotypes, and Mm -hmm. we are going to talk about the second one today. Her stereotype is is the unapologetic astrologer. And in her words, (laughs) the definition of the unapologetic astrologer is... So this person is kind of like the broke pagan, but instead of, yeah, I didn't bring any food for the group, I'm broke, they say things like, well, I know I kind of stabbed you in the back then, but I'm a Scorpio, what do you expect? Or... I had a huge fight with my mom and sister yesterday, but we're all water signs, so we always get really emotional and start screaming at each other. They put the blame for their bad behaviors on an outside force. In this case, astrology. Yep. Yep. I'm guilty of that. Oh, see, I'm so not. I will say that is one one stereotype that I've never been, because I, you know, astrology, I will read it in the magazine. I really don't don't put too much stock in it, though. Well, I don't like read my horoscope or anything like that, but I definitely have a lot of personality traits that tend to be things that are described as being Scorpio, mm-hmm. um, probably because like half my chart is in Scorpio, but mm-hmm. I don't know that. But I, I will, you know, when I'm being particularly bitch, bitchy or, or vengeful or, you know, plotting some evil scheme as I like to do, like um, the I fuck do off definitely and die blame oil. it on the fact that what? Like the fuck off and die oil? Hey, I didn't make that. That was not me. I just noticed that it was there. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I, I just um, noticed it was there and thought about its possible usages. Usage. Use, uses? Sorry. Usages is a word. That's no, it's perfect. uses. Well, it's uses. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> but... But no, I I am definitely guilty of that. I I pull the I pull the I'm a Scorpio card more than I probably should. I don't do it a whole lot, but I definitely do it. Um, but I like that she expanded this category to the unapologetic pagan and include those folks that uh, so irritate Isaac from the pagan hooligans. She says those that say, "Yeah, I'm late, but I'm a pagan." Obviously, I'm on pagan standard time. <laughs> You know, the person that blames stuff, you know, well, you know, well, uh, you know, yeah, well, you know, I can't do this because I have a square going on right now through my houses and, you know, my Scorpio has a Leo rising and so I'm just an asshole. So you're just going to have to get with it because I'm not changing because of my horoscope. Are you calling me an asshole? Oh, are you a Scorpio with a Leo rising? (laughs) I think I might be. No, 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 no. Sorry. My rising sign is Virgo. Never mind. Oh. See, I My don't... moon is in Leo. My uh, moon is in Leo. Uh, 
I had my chart done once. Parts of it were accurate, parts of it weren't. But I think, you know, you could probably write any sort of generic psychological profile and pretty much anybody. Actually, in um, one of my psychology classes in school, uh, the, well, obviously in school, uh, the professor the, the professor said that he had been uh, monitoring us for the last four months, close to the end of the semester. Monitoring us for the last four months, and he had done um, individual profiles on each of us, and he wanted to meet with us to discuss them, and, uh, possibly afterwards if we had any questions. And so he came to each of us and handed it out. And at this time, you know, we're young, we're 18, we're dumb, we don't know that he's, you know, it's a line of bullshit. Um, we turn it over, we read it, and there are so many people going, oh my god, this is, wow, this is, god, he's really good. And then he tells us to switch papers with the person, like, next to us. Mm-hmm. He'd written the same thing for everybody. Like, yeah. the same exact thing. And I don't know, that's sort of how I think about a lot of... I, you know, we're not, we're not going to get into a debate about astrology because that would just be ridiculous. But I don't think if I said... Because I, I did mine online because there's sites where you can go and get your chart done and then it gives you a little brief synopsis of each thing. Um, and... If I were to send you mine, I don't think very much would apply to you, whereas a, a fair amount of it actually does apply to me. I don't think it's just quite as simple as, you know, basic personality traits, but... Yes, but do you try to tell That's a discussion your, for a whole nother day. Yes, but do you try and tell your employer, well, I'm just going to be late because I'm a Taurus, and I'm just headstrong about when I want to be places. So, yeah. Well, I don't let's think just... a Taurus would be late, actually. Or, well, whoever the hell, whichever <laughs> sign. I don't know. I'd... That's not something I care too much about. Yeah, I... No, I I would not. No, I wouldn't pull that. I only pull the I'm a Scorpio card with people who know me. Well, but but you, do you mean it seriously, though? I mean, it's like, well, you know, well, if you don't like my food, well, get no, over it's I'm a Scorpio. Not, it's not... Well, you know, it's because I'm a Scorpio. That's all the reasoning you need. No, it is it is pulled in a in a sort of a joking way. But anytime I pull that card, there's a certain element of truth to it. Because there are definitely personality traits that I have and when I say I'm just like as I was telling one of my friends about this whole Facebook posting email Salem trip thing, um, you know, I said you know, I'm probably just being, you know, self-obsessed and bitchy because I'm a Scorpio and that's how I am, you know, and it was, there's an element of truth to that. There is, there is if definitely an, an element of truth. Taking, do that again. Go ahead. Do that again. No. <laughs> You'll take uh, screenshots. Next time you make a face, like, see, and this is why I really wish we had video because, the faces that you make, it's always <laughs> I'm actually trying to make a, a statement that has some validity to the conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Next time, buddy. Next time, buddy, I'm taking a picture. And you can bet I'm posting it on my website. Just, you know, so you're aware. That's okay. I might have a little bit of fuck off and die oil of my own. Never know, I'm sister. Scared. I'm not scared of you. <laughs> Snapping my fingers at you, uh-huh. So, Velma, Halloween's coming up. What you doing? Not a whole lot. Oh, well, that sounds like such a fun tradition. Aww. (laughs) Can I have two? I will have, you know, a circle with my circle. 
and uh, we'll, you know, circle. we all. Are you not going to have circle with your triangle? <laughs> Shut up. Ew, wait, that came out way dirtier than I thought it was going to. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. No, um, <clears throat> sorry, moving on. Wow. Um, no, um, no, Salad is the, because we all have, you know, day jobs and we work and, you know, one of the girls is, is married and, you know, she's got a life and I don't really have a life, but, you know, there's, there's other things that happen. So normally we meet on a specific day of the week, you know, if not every week, it's always the same day, but Salad is the one day that we all get together that night. You know, Samhain's on a Sunday this year. We're going to get together on Sunday, and we always stay up way, way, way late, and we always, all all of us, take the day off after Halloween. Um, last year was really cool, though, because last year it was not only a Saturday night, but we also gained an hour that night. Oh, nice. Yeah, the time change was on Halloween night last night or last year, which, you know, I thought about it, and I thought, you know, you could actually say there was a 13 o'clock on Halloween night last year. I guess you could. I mean, there wasn't really, but you could, you could pretend. You could pretend. You you could. So, and in this pretend, you could also fly, and you could turn your employer into a toad, and ooh, you could paint your fingernails. That's a little chipped there. I know. Shut up. <laughs> From you flipping me off. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, do you have any like specific things that you try and do every year? Like, uh, well, we, not really. I I always try to do different things. We always do. Um, well, I always, I always call it a dumb supper. It's not a dumb supper because we don't eat in silence. Um, it's it's not an actual dumb supper. But I always set an extra plate out for whatever. You know, mm-hmm. I make a big dinner, but I typically do that on each Sabbath just for funsies. Um, and <laughs> I always set an extra plate, uh, but mm-hmm. I, I don't. Well, I, and this is going to probably offend several different cultures, but <laughs> all at once. Um, but yay. Uh, no, I, I, I set a plate, but I set it with um, uh, like a, a piece of like a roll or a piece of bread or something that I've baked uh, with some sliced apples. Um, typically food that's, you know, in various cultures around the world throughout the ages have, have been considered foods of the dead, you know, breads mm-hmm. or grains or, uh, corn or, or apples, you know, all together. Uh, and since I, um, became coupled up with my partner who is Hispanic, uh, I, I, I also incorporate a little bit of chocolate in there now too, but mm-hmm. I'll, we'll keep that at the table. And then at night I, I leave that out overnight with a candle so that, you know, I don't know the spirits can find it or something just in case they're lost, because you know they're dead, they might not see well. Because they're dead. I've never heard that about dead people. Yeah, you didn't know that. <laughs> I was unaware that dead people can't see. Of course, I, I mean, I suppose. Oh, I, I thought, thought I thought you meant you, didn't, you wouldn't be able to see very well. I thought you meant that you didn't know that dead people were dead. No, I know they're dead. I was unaware that they were incapable of sight. Well, you never know. They might have gotten, like, poked with a fire poker, and that's how they died, in their eye. Well, I mean, I suppose. I suppose that's a possibility. I mean, they could have died I, by, I, by pouring acid in their face or something. They could have been born without eyes. You know, uh-huh. I think if you look at medical history, there is actually very few cases of people dying by having acid poured into their eyes. Yes, but there are cases. 
And those would be the ghosts that are visiting you on Halloween night, is the people who have died throughout history by having acid poured in their eyes. I'm just trying to allow for any and all possible handicaps. (laughs) I build a ramp to my food. (laughs) I think part of the idea of death is whatever handicaps you had in life, um, they don't adversely affect your ability to exist no, as a actually, ghost. No, actually, you're wrong. It's like Twilight Vampires. It just gets worse. Like, if, if, you're, if you're pretty, you get more pretty. If you're... Never mind. I want Taylor yeah. Lautner's abs. I should probably go do some crunches. <sighs> you, you just... Yeah. I'm not <laughs> even going to go there. <laughs> um, do we have anything else to talk about? I don't think so. I think that... I mean, yes, there's a whole list of things to talk about. But I think as far as what we're going to talk about today, I think that pretty much does it. Well, good. We actually had a show. Oh, I just missed it. I just missed it. I tried to take a picture of you sticking the pen up your nose, and I just missed it. I will catch you one of these days. And there will be a big old picture of your mug with something very strange about it. Never will. So if you're a stereotype... Please send your emails to insatitabruhaha at gmail.com. And I would love to see your pictures and hear your stories. Okay, stop, 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 stop with the voice. Why? I cannot take it. I could I could do the, the goddess of podcasting voice. Tittles! <laughs> no, that's okay. That's okay. You can send your pictures and your <laughs> stories to incitingabruhaha at gmail.com. You can also tweet us at... Okay, seriously? Stop. <laughs> My Twitter, I am at witchesbruhaha. And I am at inciting a riot because we don't love each other enough to have a joint Twitter account. No. No. That would just get confusing. It would get very confusing. That would get really, really confusing. And that would take away from the honor that should be shown to the Nog. Yes. Yes. We must love the Holy Nog, who I think has actually possessed my cat. We must honor the Nog. that's a completely new story. I am giving honor to the Nog. Because, well, on every episode, in order for it not to crash on the Podbean site, we must give deference to the Nog. Yes, and we're going to have to update the Podbean site very soon as well. Yeah. Because otherwise no one will be able to hear this before Halloween. Oh, and and then sad. it will be dated, and it will just be awful. Oh, my God. We'll be passe. Ew. Oh, my God. Yeah. It'll be yesterday's news. Oh, my That's God. Cool. It's terrible. Cool. All right, witches. Well, thanks so much for tuning in. Yes, that's going to do it for us. Mwah. Have a wonderful sound, everybody. Happy Halloween. I don't I don't know that we're going to get like an actual other show out before Halloween. So please do consider yeah, this no. the Halloween episode of Inciting a Brouhaha with yes. lots of yes. ghosts. <laughs> there were lots of special yeah. effects. We have lots of special effects. We can quick be Count Dracula. <laughs> I can't do that. Oh, oh. That's one. One victim. That's the count, not Count Dracula. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, all right, right. Witches. Sorry. (laughs) Oh, claiming everybody for your own. Okay, Brujas. This is so not my show. Sorry. No, 
it's so not your show. All right, witches. Thank well, you so much. In here to all of you out there. Have a very happy Halloween. Mwah. Blessed Samhain to you all. And uh, stay safe. Don't go having any crazy Samhain sex out there unless, you know, you want to. <laughs> you know. Okay, that was your random pointless warning of the day. Thank you. Thank you, yes. This message brought to you by Christine O'Donnell. Oh, God. Can we stop now? Who is you? She is you. She's not me. You know why? Because I'm a witch. I am, too. And so are you. And thank you so much for tuning in to Inciting a Brouhaha. Bye, witches. Bye, witches.